Rachel, at last we get to talk about the results mm -hmm. and uh, what we found out about. Shall I firstly say what we set out to do, why this whole thing began, this whole water cooler moments business began? It feels like a long time ago, but yes, I think it might be oh a useful. <laughs> Absolutely, it's an age ago. So why did we, where, where did this all start? So um, obviously around about March 2020, uh, mid-March, mid-late March, we all started to realise that this thing was for real and we started spending increasing amounts of time um, locked away, locked down in our houses, bedrooms, attic rooms, uh, flats, bedsits. There was a whole load of things that weren't happening which were happening in, in, in normal times, which is that people used to get together and have a natter uh, around the water cooler. And I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be interesting to find out what's been happening in the absence of these water cooler moments. So I did a little bit of really sort of fairly scant research and I thought, no, no one else is looking at this. And in fact, what sparked my interest in doing any research at all was that um, Cornell University were running a database of COVID-related social science research and it went out in the BPS uh, newsletter and so I quickly went onto the Cornell website that afternoon or thereabouts and went through about the, 200, the, the listings for 250 or so studies and found out that water cooler moments or anything like the social interactions wasn't being covered. So I thought, yep, that this is a live topic and no one else is looking at it. Which is strange as so many people have mentioned it. I've noticed over the past 12 months, people have really noticed that the, these sorts of interactions in person haven't been addressed or replaced in any way exactly it's and 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 even now um we're still talking about it and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot happening i think a lot of people did some experiments we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves here but uh, and they weren't very successful you know sort of cheering ourselves up so Shall I say it's probably a good moment to say what, what 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 did we what did we ask people in this study? Well, we asked them how old they were or thereabouts. Uh, we asked them gender. Uh, when we asked them, the first really meaningful question was, "Do you miss water cooler moments on a scale of one to ten? And we'll come on to the results in a second. And then we asked them if you score the previous question three or less, how come you don't? Uh, and then we asked people to say, well, what do you miss about them? And we gave them, I think, to my memory, about 13 different alternatives, including things like swapping ideas, a good chat, giving reassurance, seeing a friend, getting to know people, having a laugh, letting off steam, a nice feeling of belonging, uh, the quick career boosting chat. Um, so... Uh, yeah, fixing people problems quickly. So we asked them, you know, to tick those and also to provide us other ones. And we also then said, and this was the main point, what are people doing instead? So we asked them to tell us what they'd been doing instead and then to rate each thing on a scale of one to ten to describe how uh, effective they thought that had been. So that's what we that's what we did. And then we invited them to take part in part two of the study, which was basically to do some experimentation to say, well, if you're on board, uh, you know, tell us what you're doing live for a few weeks. Keep a diary and tell us how successful your experiments are, because ultimately what we were trying to do is to figure out, is there a formula is there a way of kind of bottling, no pun intended, the water cooler moment so that people can run, have these sort of water cooler moments remotely? Yes. 
And that was the idea. So, so from the first bit of the study, we had 113 people uh, responding. Um, and, and well, what were they, what were they uh, telling us um, from that, from those first questions? What's, what were they, what, what came out tops in terms of what people were missing? So we looked at everything that everyone had um, ticked to say, yes, that's what I miss. We didn't put a cap on responses. So for each of the items that you'd listed out earlier that were potential responses, if you missed all of them, you could say that you missed all of them. If you missed none of them, you could just leave them all blank. Um, But what we found was that... um, 68% of people said that they missed having a laugh with their colleagues that came out on top that they just missed that 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 general just having a laugh and that that lightness of around the office Uh, then it was um, getting a quick update at 61% which is you know quite quite a steep drop down to the to the second placing Um, and then third was sensing the general mood not far behind in 59% I think we did we did a bit of analysis uh, as well, and I've, this is the bit I thought I had in front of me, but it's not. It was I was interested in the male to female uh, results. Uh, probably one of the biggest differences, really, was um, in uh, was for things like chasing stuff without offending. Women seemed to choose that much more than than male respondents did. Um, what else is there in terms of reassurance as well from a leader and a colleague? They, uh, women chose that much more than men. Um, if I remember rightly, the, the split between male and female respondents was quite stark. So we had um, 70, 70 female respondents in the first one and um, 43 male respondents. Whilst that's it's not bad in terms of a split, it's still weighted in favour of female responses. So I think that does skew it somewhat. But um, with the breakdown between choices, um, the ones where where the men tended to choose more than women was um, things like clearing up a misunderstanding. There's a big big difference between that in men preferring to, preferring to use water cooler moments for that than women. Um, they used them slightly more for the career boosting chat, which was not necessarily a popular one. If anything, that was the most, uh, the, the least favourite of all of the of all of the choices. But still, men slightly favoured using them for 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 a career boosting chat um, than than women did, and also for sensing the general mood. Interestingly, men used that. Um, said just just about said that they preferred preferred to use it more than women did. So let's get on to part two then, Rachel. So to recap, for part two, we asked our respondents to log, to keep a diary for three weeks of their replacement water cooler moments, the things that they were doing to try and make up for the lack of water cooler moments. So first of all, uh, what are these people, what are our five people using their water cooler moments for? And and what what were the favourite methods that they employed? Because we said we kind of said, you know, use your imaginations, you know, go wild and um, yeah, just figure it out as you go along. Experiment. What did they do in the end? Uh well, funnily enough, they went back to quite traditional forms of communication. So um, about 45% of the time they were calling people, just a traditional, very quick phone call, picking up the phone and dialing. Wow. So, um, I mean, you know, we thought phone calls had been left behind when we went video. Uh, and because it seemed to be a sort of more intimate 
way of communicating. You could see someone's facial expressions and see them react and so on. But then people went back to the phone. How odd. Mm. Yes, certainly very interesting. I wonder whether it's because with a, a video call, perhaps you've got to, there's a level of um, of organisation involved, making sure everyone's diaries are clear and, and both both have connection and are by their laptop. Whereas with a phone call, it is just a case, it's quite instant, isn't it? You can just pick up the phone and um, press the contact and there you are, you're speaking to someone potentially. So maybe then there was a big thing about spontaneity, Um I mean, just like I, I called you this morning about this particular recording, it was out of the blue. I didn't make an appointment. I thought, oh, what the heck? I'm just going to see if Rachel's... Uh, I've had this idea. I want to see if if, if she's around right now, if she's up for uh, recording a piece. And this also, I noticed that there's something a lot less tiring about a telephone call than even what you you and I are doing now, which is over video. We're recording our desk on our desk recordings but we're also looking at each other and I'm looking at a screen I'm looking at you we're trying to figure out who's going to speak next that's actually quite demanding I think on a yeah I would agree yeah on a phone it's I've noticed coming off phone calls when the tech has gone wrong in the past in this past year actually feeling a lot less tired so why do you think that might be I, I just think it is this business of I don't have to put on a show I don't have to worry about whether I look okay or... No, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the fact that I'm not looking at lots of different things and looking at my own image, looking at you, looking at the other screen with some work on it, which most people are having to do. That's quite... We think it's nice and easy, but actually that's asking our brain to do a lot of different things. And if something's going on in the background, if somebody does a pitch invasion on me, you one one of the dogs or a, a youngster or something like that, then that's just another thing to worry about. So I think... Yeah, I would agree. It's interesting. Phone is just cleaner. But anyway, so calls right at the top, 44.6% were using telephones. What were the rest doing? Um, so about 17% of the time we were emailing... They were emailing people um, and only... Uh, roughly 12% of the time were they using video calls. Um, the, they were also using text messages about 9% of the time. And then and then I heard people sending sending out gifts. It's one of the things that happened in, in some organisations where, you know, the, I suppose you could call them the very, quote-unquote, caring organisations. I heard of mass mailings of, you know, buns and boxes of chocolates and all sorts of really nice things. Did that figure in your data at all? Did, did individuals do that for their water cooler moment replacements? Yes, a couple of times um, people sent out little treat boxes to people. Um, I don't think they were specifying what they were sending out to people, but just um, maybe some flowers or a, a little gift to somebody just to show that they were thinking of them. So, uh, so, uh, so that's what people were doing and those are the intentions. But how effective were any of these methods, which is really the crux of it, how effective were any of these methods at actually creating that water cooler moment in the eyes of these five people who were doing them? OK, so, um, yeah, so people were we asked people to rate as well how, how effective they found each of these things were, um, their replacement water cooler moments were. And if we take them in order of most frequently used, so calls were by far and away most frequently used, um, they were rated on average 7.7 .7 out of 10 for their effectiveness. 
that's 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 pretty effective, isn't it? Uh, they obviously uh, got a good got a good response from the re- from the recipient. Well, emails were rated as five point four out of ten, which is quite interesting. That's that's a very average score for for emails. Presumably, because we get so many emails, we don't see them as a particularly warm and fuzzy or caring way of uh, communicating. Mm. Um, and it's another but, thing to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, and it's mixed in with work things on your screen. But it, it did work. I mean, people use them a lot and it still had an effect. I mean, five and a half out of ten. And we don't know how harsh these raters were being on themselves. No, that's very true. Um People were also using uh, video calls, as we mentioned, and they were rated 8.3 out of 10. Isn't that interesting? So despite the fact that we rather fell out of love with video in a way because we use it a lot, it still got a really high score. Yes, I, I found that interesting as well. I think maybe if we're, whilst it is more... Uh, mentally taxing if you like because as you mentioned earlier all the different cues that we've got to contend with um but actually making the time and then having that having the face-to-face conversation maybe people do feel more connected and and you do get that um the the social feedback if you like of speaking to somebody and and being able to read their body language perhaps that that makes you feel like it's more effective because you can see whether things are landing more um immediately yeah, so so uh, we could say one interpretation is it's it's uh, more tiring to do that, but it seems to be highly appreciated when it's done for a non-work reason or a yeah for a kind of a non-task reason. So if we think that part one of this study was about finding out what do people miss and and what were they trying to do uh, to replace them, then part two was going into more depth of day by day what were people doing to replace them what were people replacing and how successful um was all that if we bring that all together did people then in part two of this study actually go any way towards successfully solving the problems that everybody said they had in part one in other words did the solution meet the need Funnily enough, not quite. So the thing that in part one, people said that they missed most frequently, our respondents said that they missed most frequently was having a laugh with their colleagues. Of the of all of the data and all of the 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 replacement experiments that our participants undertook um, during this, only two of them could have been said to have been trying to have a laugh to lighten the mood with with their colleagues. Now you say two respondents or only two experiments they did out of all the experiments they did. Yes, only two experiments out of the 65 that we we received, only two of them could have been coded as any way of of being seen to be having a laugh with colleagues. Any ideas what was going on there? Because that seems really strange. If we all were all missing having a laugh, uh, which I guess is a form of mental break, which which did come up, but nobody's trying to do anything about it, or at least not in our experiment. Seemingly not, but I I have been musing as to why this would be the case, and I feel that having a laugh is 
it's a very in-person social thing and very difficult to try and replace when you've not got those those social cues, that social feedback that we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, if you send a funny video or um, uh, you know a funny story to to your colleagues, they may read it and they may laugh, but or, or, or watch it, sorry, and then they may laugh, but you won't get that from them because they might not reply to it in a way that shows you sufficiently that they laughed about it. They might just go, very funny. You don't know if they laughed or not. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You know, Rachel, that happened just this morning. I sent somebody who I hadn't been in touch with for a little while a really funny cartoon. I thought it was really funny. It's a picture of two chimps and one of the chimps says to the other, well, obviously not saying it, but and it's depicted as saying, uh, we'll be able to we'll be able to get together with five people with no issues from now. And the other chimp says, I don't think I know five people without issues. <laughs> uh, and I thought, oh, that was hilarious. Uh, and and then, so I sent it to this person and they shot a reply back saying, yeah, and uh, look forward to going for a dog walk as well. So I didn't get any gratification from sending a cartoon that had made me laugh uh, and so, I mean, I still do it, but I have no gauge on whether it worked for her. And so would I do it less? Probably. And if she'd called me back, then I'd know. Or if she said, even though, no, if she'd call me back and say, God, that was really funny. That would have been great. But she didn't. So that connection that I thought I was going to create... I didn't create. Well, I don't know. I don't think I created it because she didn't say anything back. Yes. Yeah, you didn't get that response to the to no. the, the comedic item, if you like. Yeah, like so. telling a joke, you know, when you're standing in the coffee queue or, or at the real water cooler or whatever, you're by some, and somebody tells you a funny joke, you laugh your socks off and you say, well, but I think there's maybe there's something there about sharing the laugh and bouncing off each other. Yes, definitely. Any other unexpected results, Rachel? Interestingly enough, in the first part of the study, when we asked what people were, were missing, providing support to others wasn't mentioned. And, no. and yet that was the second most frequently attempted water cooler moment. And, uh, and, did, and did, did they think they, it worked? It, did we have any way of finding out whether they thought uh, that the cure solved the problem? Well, there were, so there were lots of different ways in which, pe in which our, our participants tried to provide support to others. By far and away, the most, the most varied, um, the most varied water cooler moment replacement. With showing support, we had calls, video calls, emails, um, physical posts, so sending, sending treats to one another. Um, and, uh, I think I said text messages. Texting and video calls as well. Yes. There were quite so, a few of those, weren't there? So there were lots of different ways in which people tried to provide support to one another. And they all rated, with the exception of email, because email didn't really seem to land very well for, for most of those things. And um, online posts didn't land well either. You know, no. it didn't, didn't do anything. It got a, an average rating of two, which was yes. pants really, a waste of time. Yeah, um, that these they they all rated very highly, 
by and large. And so, so being able to provide support to somebody um, was was a really well appreciated or uh, seen by our participants to be very effective. So, standing back from the whole study, what's the thing that you? What are the things that you're walking away uh, thinking? Well, that's an interesting conclusion. But I'd really like to know some more about dot, dot, dot. Where are you on those two questions? I feel we covered it earlier, but I was fascinated as to the the having a laugh not being attempted very much at all in our study. I'd like to know more about why that would be the case um, and whether because all of our participants were female whether having male participants would in there maybe might redress the balance um, they may be more inclined to to send jokey emails or jokey pictures to people or maybe not I don't know um, that's one thing that I think our study is missing is that gender balance um, unfortunately and yet, I suppose it, what the, what that tells us is because we we went out to eight and a half thousand people to invite them to the study. In fact, and more yet, because it must have been the link would have been passed on on, on LinkedIn. So I think that in itself, the fact that we were heavily uh, female respondent weighted or participant weighted, I think said something about uh, the fact that that women maybe see water cooler moments as being. Uh, more important or more interesting or more poignant for right now and so I thought that was an interesting indicator already there was mm. there was something happening differently for women than for men to do with water cooler moments yes yes unfortunately when we we don't have any male respondents it's hard to be able to draw those conclusions isn't it and those are the that's the that's the thing I'd like to get my teeth into a bit more to understand how they, how how um, male respondents would view these things. How they'd make they up for them, them essentially. For. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But how about you, Paul? What what are you thinking about these? Um, what what ideas have been sparked out of this? I think the main thing is that it's really hard to recreate a water cooler moment. I was surprised that people didn't try more things out. I thought we were going to get some really quirky experiments. Maybe they'd already been tried. Don't forget, we we did this study. By the time we got part two going, because of the really, really ridiculously long delay, like it was about three or four months getting the, the clearance for part two, which was galling. Uh, we lost most of our respondents. That's just the way experiments go. Um, but I think in that intervening period organizations and HR departments and, and, and people had tried just about everything. And maybe the, we'd all got rather bored with the quirky stuff and went back to the much easier, less unusual ways of connecting. So I think that might have been at the root of why people didn't seem to be displaying more imagination. Mm. It had kind of all been tried already and it was a bit meh. So that that I'd be very interested to talk to some people about that. Yeah. Um, and maybe you were right. Maybe it's just too darn difficult to send, you know, some light relief, a, a mental break or a laugh remotely. Maybe that's something we can really only do when we're all together. 
Hmm. Yes, maybe. I think it's a really interesting point you make as well about um, um, by the time we'd gotten round to doing the second part of the study, it was when the second lockdown back in November has was just about to come into into force and so that by that point it had been what, eight months since since the pandemic started and thinking about the conversations that I've been having um, with with friends and colleagues about how their experiences of working remotely from their from their teammates have been um things like um having having the the zoom quizzes and the 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 social side of things that that seems now very structured as opposed to how it used to be where it was very fluid you know you could turn up when you liked and have conversations with one person and then other people join the join your conversation then different conversations happen it's all it's all a very fluid way of of socializing and communicating with one another whereas nowadays we're all talking to pictures on our laptops of of, in, of our of our teams, so whilst in maybe in a team of eight, you'll see each of your faces, but actually you can only it's very structured. You can only speak to one person at a time, and everybody is listening to that conversation. There's there's none of this. And an interruption. <laughs> so just like happened there, I did that on purpose. Actually, yes. I cut across you on purpose because interruptions don't work on this medium. No. Uh, no, and and so and also, you know, you're looking slightly to my you're looking way over to my, my left shoulder because that's where your camera is. So actually, it's all wrong, isn't it? It doesn't yes. matter how good the picture is. You have to have professional equipment or a professional at the other end, like I'm now looking <laughs> straight at the lens of the camera that's pointing at me. I've <laughs> rigged up an extra camera outside my my computer and I have no idea what it looks like to you, but I'm imagining that it's almost like having eye contact with me. So it, it, it does. But if I looked at the camera as well, we're not having that eye contact. We're not having, yeah, because you can't, <laughs> you, yes, I, it's too complicated. I can, I can't see you, but you can see me, right? And if you do it, I, can't, you can't see me, but I can see you, right? No, actually, if we're both doing it, nobody can see anybody. So making things natural is not possible at this stage unless we start going to to VR or enhanced reality. We're we're some way off that and actually there's that massive human bit missing. So there's a lot more that we're going to need to figure out as we go to this hybrid method of working, which most or many organisations, the vast majority are going to be going for which is where they have a proportion of the workforce at some stage pretty much every week is just not going to be there and we're going to have to figure out how's that going to work and maintain the human connection absolutely yes i think that there's going to be a lot of rewriting of the the psychological contract or the social contract with with teams now if we're not all going to be in the same office nine till five Monday to Friday anymore then how do we make that work it's not it's not as, as simple as well I'm I'm going to go and make a cup of tea do you want to come with me though that is a, a possibility I suppose if you're if you're working from home and and, and your teammates are also working from home just to drop a, a quick line in the in the chat um, or the you know the teams the teams group or something of going oh, I'm just I'm I'm 
you know, taking a break for 15 minutes, going to go and get myself a cup of tea if anyone just wants to have a chat. Yes. And in fact, interesting, you, you've just reminded me. So, uh, uh, so I have a daughter who lives in London and uh, she will sometimes call me. Or I'll call her while I'm on a tea break and I will take it's on a WhatsApp chat, a video call, whatever. And I'll take my phone and I'll prop it up against the dresser or on a shelf whilst I'm boiling the kettle and milling around. But with her, I feel I can walk out of the kitchen. I can walk out of shot to a cupboard in the kitchen, walking around. Microphones are so good these days that they can on on phones anyway, they can pick us up and you we sort of appear and disappear. And that's much more relaxing. I can still hear her voice, I guess, just as if she was there in the kitchen with me, because I wouldn't always be facing her as I go into the fridge or take the kettle off. And so that does seem to work. And interestingly, she said she really likes just hanging out. Uh, and we can be doing that for 20, 25 minutes. Mm. And it wasn't it wasn't effortful. And I suppose it, we're kind of getting on with another activity whilst we're having a less staged conversation with somebody and yes. i'm wonder, i'm wondering so if you're listening to this this podcast um that maybe that's one of the things we can we can say to the to the world as a result of this experiment do try some new things out and do see if you can have a go at duplicating a bit of that reality but probably don't try and do it at your desk. Yes, absolutely. With a as pair I, of headphones on. I'm smiling to myself because as you were talking about your experience with your daughter, it reminded me of um, a conversation I'd had with one of my friends a few weeks ago where um, after a work day, um, sitting on my sofa and she had her headphones in and she was cleaning the kitchen while she was talking to me. <laughs> Because she said it made the um, the experience more enjoyable for her. What was, an, what was a really boring, monotonous task for her, because she could speak to somebody, it, she just, it felt like it was more enjoyable, the time went quicker. From my experience, or of my experience of that situation, um, I said to her, it just reminded me of the last time I was round, when I was last allowed to be round at her house, and we were making dinner. So just because we weren't physically in the same room as one another, it felt like I was with in the room, in the room with her. So that's maybe our, that maybe that's our gift to the world. Um, is yeah, experiment away from your screen, away from your desk, away from your headphones, and do something more normal. Rachel, I think all it remains for us to do is to well, a big thank you to you for doing so much of the number crunching and and supporting the study. But of course, uh, a big thank you to the people who took the trouble in in round one, in part one, to uh, to give us their time to fill out uh, the the questionnaire and to give us their views and and ideas about what they were doing, uh, and especially um, to the five people uh, who uh, followed us into uh, part two. We absolutely couldn't have done it without you you provided some really meaningful data that made the whole thing come alive so yes an enormous uh, thank you uh, to you oh it's been my pleasure to take part in this and in helping with the with the analysis of things and um i really appreciate everyone who has taken part in any way shape or form um, they've really been very helpful and very insightful and Rachel, well, I look forward to seeing you in person off the screen in, in the coming in the coming weeks when we're allowed to do that 
Me too. But in the meantime, when I'm next cleaning my kitchen, I'll give you a call. <laughs> Do that and I'll boil the kettle. Take care. <laughs> Angie, take care.